Greetings, fellow slingers. It's your trusted handler, Brian. It's that time of week again. What time? Well, I'm glad you asked. Time for another episode of our Delta Green scenario, Convergence to Drop. You know, I always struggle with how much info I want to relay in these intros. I know other shows drop hints about what's going to happen in the following episode, and initially I used to do that during our first couple of seasons. That was until we started running Delta Green. Not only do I no longer drop an episode blurb, but I no longer title them either. Why? Because I want you to experience the scenario under the same circumstances as the characters. That when they get surprised by something, I want you to feel that same sense of surprise. When things seem hopeless, I want that dread to resonate with you, fellow slingers, as well. So when, or rather, if victory arrives, those of you that have been along for the ride can take a breath and feel like you've made it out the other side. For now. Remember, you can find us on all major and minor podcast platforms. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at RollTheHard20. Be sure to hit that notification bell and leave us a comment. I reply to all comments. Also, don't forget to write into the show at RollTheHard20Podcast at gmail.com. And if one of the hard slingers of your including myself, rolls a hard 20, and yes, we do find a use for the D20 in our Delta Green scenarios. Tell me who it was, and I'll send you out a D20, a genuine fake gold balloon, and a sticker with our logo on it. All right, enough is enough. Let's warm up our dice and top off our glasses. Roll the Hard 20 podcast presents episode three of our Delta Green scenario, Convergence. How you doing, brother? Brothers, doing, doing well, doing well. And the other brothers, doing good, doing good. Now, Sammy, I'm, yes, just saying hello. Hail! I have to figure <laughs> out why the D twenty, or sorry, the hard roll, whatever it's called, not your, not your roll thing, 20. but the the roll, yeah, roll the not hard twenty. I loaded it, and now it's just being a dick and not showing nothing. Does it show that I'm logged it into was, it, Ryder? No, not at all. You're still out of it. Everybody's there except for you. I logged in. I believe you, but you ain't there. Hey, I'm launching. Okay. I dare oh, you. I'm launching. Okay. It looks like it's <laughs> you know, loading. Junior had the same problem too. It was laggy okay, as hell. I'm back. There you are. All right. How's my brothers doing this fine evening? Excellent. Yeah. Doing great. Oh, uh, I like wine more than I used to. Well, I don't have any wine this evening. In fact, I don't even have apple juice. My daughter drank all my soda water, so. I thought you were going to say she drank all your apple juice. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Sleep good tonight. Yeah. No. That's not apple. That's not wine. It's Benadryl I'm drinking. <laughs> Wait. There you go. Purple. So how's, did anybody get a chance to listen to the prologues? Hell yeah, those were awesome. Yeah, well, you're gonna have to get on that, Junior. That's that's all there is to it. I'm gonna have to shut your window down. Oh, you know, <laughs> Sam Sam made a really good point after. Yeah, right. uh, oh, yeah, you did. After listening to the prologues, that you said that tone really just eats up this setting 
And it's true. It shines. Shines. That's what it was. And I said that he excels in it. Definitely. Sex sells. You guys are still too kind. You you really do, Tone. I mean, I get a little uncomfortable when you and I have our one-on-one dialogues. I gotta <laughs> say, it, it's a little too close to home on that. So uh, it was like now you know what the uh, the opposing counsel feels. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's lead us in, and uh, there we go. Let's get this ball started. Greetings, fellow yep. slingers. Welcome back to World Hard Twenty Podcast. It is I, your trusted handler, Brian, and with me these hard slingers of yore. Hell yeah, yeah. my brothers. So let's uh, let's break it down here. You guys left the FBI building in Knoxville, Tennessee. You were allocated four small care packages with four six hours and a katana, courtesy of Special Agent in Charge Derringer. Derringer, right? Or is it Dillinger? Derringer. Dillinger. Derringer. No, it is Derringer. Yeah. Derringer. Not I the keep firearm. calling him Derringer. <laughs> you made me. You're making me call him the wrong name. You then made the four hour drive into Groversville arriving around 3.30 p.m. And per SAC Derringer, you met with Sheriff Oakley and informed him you were on the scene trying to track down the drug dealers that Spivey had been in business with and had double-crossed, basically setting off this whole manhunt for him where he eventually got apprehended. Oakley shot down the basis of your investigation, advising you to say goodbye when you all roll out tomorrow, really didn't think that that your angle had any weight behind it, that there was no merit behind the whole drug angle, saying that he knew Spivey because he was a friend of his own son, Leonard, and the whole group, and he hadn't seen that really uh, developing with those group of young men. He said that when you do roll out tomorrow, to be sure to say goodbye so that he could see you basically to the uh, edge of town and send you packing back home right now it's about 4 p.m and you have the whole town before you and you guys got some decisions of what you want to make who you want to follow up with first as well as where you're planning on staying the night i think uh those uh lodgings of was it merle's they seemed very nice what I hear, be nice to uh, nice to stay there. Is that correct, Merle's? <laughs> Merle's shut eye. Merle's yes. shut eye. Yeah, Merle's shut eye. Uh, I think that's on the corner of Bedlam and Squalor. Uh, we just need to get down there. <laughs> uh, it's somewhere also, down there. It's a uh, little east of where you are right now. If you remember that there were several road signs that basically directed you to specific businesses in the town. Most notably, there was like. Merle's Shut Eye, Merle's Auto and Body, Merle's Country Bunker, just, just all these things that seem to incorporate Merle's name in them. It's got a lot of real, uh, real estate around here. Do yeah. we? I, I I don't recall did the robberies that Spivey committed. Did he commit any of them here, local in town? You didn't get any information on that, and I don't think that he did. He did rob a gas station in Tennessee, but it wasn't in Groversville. It was on his way out of town, to the best of everyone's knowledge. Did you say there was one in Atlanta, too, or something? Or in Georgia? It's not Atlanta, Georgia. Georgia. There was in Georgia, too. Okay. Tennessee, Georgia, and uh, Atlanta. Alabama. 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 
What time of the day is it, Handler? Four o'clock. So we still have some time. Um, what do you say we split into teams of two, with one team going to visit the girlfriend's parents and her, and the other team going to visit the mom of Mr. Spivey? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, sounds sounds smart. Do we want to split it up? Uh, how do you guys want to split it up? Rice doesn't care. It, Rice is okay either way. Doesn't matter who he's partnered with. We're all here for the same goal. Out, you know, out of character. Maybe if if uh, Weaver and Junior go together, they'll be at least to be able to talk without someone like Ichi and Adesso blathering over everything. Um, how do you guys want to split it up, though? I, I'm I'm fine either way. Does it really matter to anyone? No, it don't matter to me. Yep. So who's going to go visit whom? Well, I think. Uh, if I if I'm pairing up with you, Adesso, maybe we go see the mom, and then okay. Rice and and Coldwell can see the girlfriend. Yeah, the girlfriend will probably give you guys more information. Just an intuition. She, he was the la or she was the last person to see him go, and then he was gone for two days. Uh, well, yeah, just keep that in mind. She was the last person to see him before his. He lives with the mom, though, right? She may have some information too about what caused him to start acting this way I, I don't know we'll find out hmm. where do you want to regroup back at the end at Merle's shut eye Merle's brown eye <laughs> uh so Adesso Ichi how you know I've we only have what car you know maybe we ask the sheriff if a uh, vehicle he can loan us Ooh, good call I forgot that we only have the one car yeah, or we can ask. Uh, they seem uh, to have enough of them. <laughs> uh, we we could do that, or you know, we could always, uh, you know, we could drop you off, or I don't know. It's up to you, you guys. I, it probably I'm would okay be best if we all had our own transportation in case something happens. There'd be a way to escape. Mm -hmm. um, let's ask uh, oh, the sheriff, Sheriff Oakley. Did he leave already? I know he had some stuff to do. Well, currently, you guys are in his office. Uh -huh. He grabbed his hat and walked out the office door. All right. After conferring with us, I'll say, uh, Sheriff Oakley, would it be out of line for us to requisition one of your vehicles? It doesn't necessarily need to be a patrol car, but we only have the one car for the four agents. Uh, the field office didn't give us anything. Would it be a problem for us to requisition one of your cars? You see him kind of break away from two of his deputies right now that he's talking with, and he looks at you and he's like, I'm sorry, Agent. Uh, was I interrupting your conversation? Could you please tell me again what you what you need? My apologies, Sheriff. You, you're wanting a call, is that correct? That is correct. And you're saying that your agency only sent one call for the four of you? That is correct. Yeah, well, we figure, Sheriff, that if we can borrow a car, we can split up and talk to the people that we need to talk to, and then we can get out of your hair a lot quicker. Well, I'll tell you what, Agent. Since it's been about three episodes since we've done it, let's roll a D20. Let's get that little <laughs> yeah. <luck> roll. <laughs> What's that? Uh, Polly got a four. I'm sorry, Agent. I'm afraid that your manners just don't preclude you denoting me giving you a car. Anybody else do better than a four? <laughs> uh, uh, well, know. let me see if I can roll one better than you. 
I rolled a four too, Agent. You didn't even <laughs> roll. <laughs> Holy shit. I did. I rolled a four. Okay. So we're going to have a roll off, you and I, Adesso. All right. All right. Roll off, huh? Okay. 12. Seven. Teen. All right. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> <laughs> you suck. Well, I'll tell you what, Agent. Why don't you go see Thelma over there at the front desk and she'll hook you up with old Betsy. That'll be the best I can do. Thank you, Sheriff. I appreciate your time. Remember, no reason to be hanging around here. Get yourself fat juicy over at Merle's Country Bunker and sleep it off at the shut-eye. Sounds good, I don't good, think sir. we need to have you here beyond tomorrow, correct? If everything just, goes the way we hope, we will be gone by tomorrow. Then I want to be apprised of everything that goes on. Not a problem. Now, please see Thelma for Betsy. At that, he actually excuses himself and walks out the front door. Are we in the bullpen at this point, or are we still in the office? I'm imagining you guys are right at the door leading into the office, maybe partially in, partially out. I look at Adesso and give him this kind of weird look, kind of inquisitive, kind of confused as why the sheriff is, because we're in the bullpen. I don't want people to overhear us, but give him this kind of strange look of, Hmm, interesting that he's like grooming us out of here so quickly, I'm trying to get Adesso's attention to see if we can kind of slip back into the office for a moment. Where the others I, cannot see. I noticed that Rice is looking at me. I said, oh, okay. Um, let's just uh, ease back into the office. I'll Maybe go uh, no to I'll us. go talk to Thelma. Get, a, get us a set of uh, keys for old Betsy. What's on your mind, Agent? <laughs> So, did did you pick up that the sheriff seems awfully, uh, you know, really trying to broom us out of here quickly? I did, but that seems to be, well, I'm attributing it to the fact that he's a fed, we're feds, and he's local law enforcement, and they don't like to mix. But maybe you're detecting something deeper. I may be trivializing it too quickly. I, I am. I, I think there's more to this than just potentially his disdain for federal agents. Um, he, he put way too much emphasis on us getting out of here. And I happened to notice when we drove in, there sure are a lot of brand new squad cars out here. Something doesn't smell right to me. Well, given the way that the Merle has owned so many different places in here and obviously was a mining magnet at some point, his influence may still be held. I don't know. Maybe what we'll find is at the end of this trail, somehow there's some connection to Merle. I don't know. Or his family, or the remains of the family. Not really sure. What What do you think about, uh, and I've got my company issued, you know, laptop. I've got access to lots of records. What do you think about uh, maybe doing a little background check on, on our sheriff here? It's a good I don't want to, I don't want to raise any suspicion, but, um, I don't feel that uh, at this point that he would know we're doing any digging, maybe a little background check on Merle as well. And I, I think that's I'm a good a, call. Okay. Uh, I think we should absolutely do that. Do, do the sheriff himself and do the town itself and then do Merle. I bet you we'll come up with some very, we might come up with some interesting crossovers. We might not, but it's certainly worth looking into. We shouldn't brush it off so quickly. So, Handler, as I'm kind of talking through this interaction that we had with the sheriff, 
Um, I'd like to do a human just to see if, if uh, you know, his story and his demeanor kind of is jiving or not. Yeah, go for it. All right. Uh, oh, a 50 under 60. It definitely uh, seems as though he's trying to brush you out of the town, but it almost seems as though he's uh, maybe he's trying to cover for something or protect something. You get that. So I, you get that just by how he would stand there, kind of hands on his hips, and then when you started to bring up certain portions of the conversation, he maybe he crossed his arms, and you get that feeling that he's covering himself, like he's being more defensive about something. And then remembering his status, he then brings his chest back out and arms back up, tries to get a more uh, assertive position, and then eventually bid you farewell at that point. Okay. Yeah, so that's so I his body language really kind of tingled my spidey senses, we'll call it. It didn't seem natural. I don't know if you got the same feeling, but something's something's not right. We need to look into this guy a little bit more. Got it. Okay. All right, do the background checks. Um I guess that's about the best we can do at this point. I mean well, it's interesting to note. I don't know how well he would. My guess is if we find a connection between the additions and the extra surgeries done to Spivey, it may be traceable to the money provided by Merle's, which would bring this particular location into it. It's got to be a reason why this place was chosen. Maybe it's because it's quiet. Maybe it's because there's a limited population. Maybe because law enforcement will be looking too hard into it. There's probably some connection somewhere here. So we'll find out what it is and clean it yeah i think uh that's a good idea thanks thanks for the uh conference and then i i moved back out in uh with caldwell and and say to him so caldwell are you ready to go let's you know go talk to the to the uh to the girlfriend uh do, do you mind driving because i would like to uh you know do a little bit of background check here on our sheriff i'm gonna no, use go hot, ahead i'm gonna use the uh, hot spot on my phone handler okay Hold i'm on. just Sorry. waiting for Ichi to come back with that hellcat for us <laughs> agent ichimaru kimura you make your way to the front desk where thelma's working hello thelma i don't know if uh hello sweetie how are you doing <laughs> i'm doing well how are you on this blessed day i'm doing very well i'm trying to get full down it's a five letter word for Oh, maybe. Oh, sorry. It's a four-letter word. Oh, I'm sorry. Th that's never mind. What, what can I do for you, sweetums? Well, we were just talking with Sheriff Oakley, and he said that you would be so kind as to lend us the keys to someone named Old Betsy. Uh, we're looking to procure a car to help us navigate around your fine town, and apparently Betsy will be our chauffeur. Oh, Betsy, huh? Well, you must have really pissed him off, didn't you? <laughs> well, I didn't, sure but off, didn't my, my friends uh, have a way with words. He rolled low, didn't he, dear? <laughs> he rolled a four. <laughs> well, a four that's my four-letter word down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Um, just be mindful and keep an eye on the the level of of water in the radiator. She hands you this key ring with two keys on it. One's oval and one's rectangle, and they both say GM on him. 
You can't miss uh, old Betsy. <laughs> She's parked around back. Uh, I am sorry, though. But very well. She's, Thank she's you so still much. safe. She's still safe. Yeah, and uh, good luck with that four-letter word. Hope it's not the kind <laughs> I'm thinking of, though, huh, Thelma? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's aunt. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Thelma. See you next Tuesday. Uh, yes, of course, dear. <laughs> You're so cheeky. I love you, dear. So the rest of the agents catch up with you each as you've got your set of keys in your hand. Okay, here uh, I hold the keys out to Rice and Coldwell and say, so who's going to be driving? And I'll shake Col the keys. Coldwell will extend his hand. I'll be <laughs> driving. All right, good luck. She, uh, Miss Thelma here says, remember to check the radiator. What the hell? I was expecting a smart key. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys make your way out to the parking lot. You see at this point, there's a few cruisers that are no longer there. Some of the deputies have left the building, taken their cruisers with them. You still see your silver Dodge Charger, Agent Coldwell and Agent Rice. Old Betsy is parked around back. Okay, well, unless you need an escort back there, I think we'll uh, reconvene in an hour or so, find ourselves some lodgings, apparently get a thick and juicy somewhere, as the sheriff suggests. Let's just meet at uh, Merle's Shut Eye, or actually where we wanted to get something to eat. Let's, uh, what was the name of the place he recommended? There's the R and R Diner. Yeah, let's go there. We'll meet at the R and R Diner. In he did recommend the Merle's, Merle's Country Bunker, actually. Yeah, Merle's uh, Country Bunker sounds delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should stay with uh, with the Merle here because that's uh, there's a lot of things named Merle, and maybe we can get a little intel off some of the people there about who good old Merle is. Right. Sounds agents, good. agents. What what time are we meeting at Merle's Country Bunker? Let's Shall we say six? Yeah. Yeah. You think we need to get reservations? <laughs> I'm actually having reservations about eating there, but it seems like Ooh, the only damn. place. <laughs> so you're going to meet there at six, correct? Yeah. We okay. have two hours then, right? Yeah. Yep. That gives you about two hours because you're going to need to get to the places and then try to confer with the individuals that are there. So Agent Adesso, Agent Kimura, you guys get into your Kimura, you get into your Charger, and you head off, taking off to the Spivey residence. Agent Rice and Agent Coldwell, you wander around the backside of the Sheriff's Department, and you see this old mid-80s Chevy Blazer. It's got 35-inch tires on it. It's got the gumball machines up on the roof big star on the doors just just faded ass white paint you see a couple bullet holes towards the back end of it that have rusted over time and there betsy waits for you. <laughs> you you gotta be kidding me look at this thing we pull in they got 20 brand new units outside and they give us this rust bucket Caldwell, if it gets the job done it's not pretty. All we need to do is get to the 
to the girlfriend. Oh, hopefully it gets there. I mean, I don't want to Fred Flintstone this shit all the way over the, to her house. <laughs> Who's driving? Coldwell's. Coldwell. Hey, okay. While I'm while I'm getting into the vehicle, um, are you getting into it, the vehicle? I am. <laughs> Did you okay. check for traps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So as I'm getting into the vehicle and we're like pulling out onto the the um, the road to get over to the girlfriend's house, I want to okay. do an uh, I want to do an alertness check, see if anybody's like maybe following us or or you know observing what we're doing. Okay, go for it. All right, alert is going to be a come on baby, a sixty-seven over fifty. Yeah, you really can't see much out of the fogged up windows. It's almost like a, a perma sheen on the glass. And as you're looking around, you look back at the at the sheriff's department. You look across the street at uh, at the courthouse and everywhere around on this corner. And you you really don't see anybody taking notice of the two of you per se. But it, the vehicle itself does seem to turn heads as you fire this thing up and this black smoke begins to gout out of the tailpipe. It almost sounds like it's straight piped right from the header, right out the tailpipe. But you can feel that this thing's got some balls behind it, Agent Coldwell. I mean, it's got to be able to spin those 35s. So you get this thing underway. And as you guys are pulling out, Agent Rice, you do not detect anybody really taking notice of you two. Okay. So we're going to uh, I'm going to use one of my dice here. One, two, three. Agent Adesso and Agent Kimura. You guys make your way out of Groversville. You go south for about a mile. Starts getting on dirt roads. You start seeing single-story homes, some mobile homes up on jack stands here and there. Start getting more sparse as it starts getting a little more wider in space between homes and eventually you find yourselves in front of the residence because there's a mailbox that says the spiveys you see yeah. there's a laid gravel driveway that's not been asphalted just loose gravel that leads right up to a detached garage okay does the house look like it's in good repair it's it's moderate it's not up to speed but it's not in a dilapidated Comparable state terrible to yeah houses it's not in the area it's similar to all the other houses excluding the mobile homes which mm. seem to have more of a vinyl paneling on the sides this nice. actually has wood and it has those brick pillars every nine feet you know that are like two feet wide at whether or not it's aesthetic or it's actually structurally sound for that it's hard to tell uh, out of character for a second. Chris, do you happen to have the names of the parents? I was just going to ask you that. I do. Today, so <laughs> I yeah, my book with Todd and yeah, it's Todd. He's 45 years old. He's a mechanic. That's he incorrect. Did. Oh, sorry. Nope, nope. That's, no, that's Spivey. Not. Sorry, hold on. Give me nope. a sec. That's, that's Jane not Allen's Spivey. That's, yeah, I got uh, it. Hold on. Hold on. Sorry, I was looking at the other one prepping. <laughs> Junior, do you have um, the name of the parents? Uh, no, I was looking at the other one. It's I'm looking at Chris's notes. The handler uh, has Rich, a name if you want me to tell you. No, it's Rich no, no, and no. Angel. We, we, we don't need the handler. It's Rich and Angel. Here, are the parents. This. Oh, I'm out of here. 
We're looking, and I'll just turn to each. Yeah, so Rich was the dad. He's dead, so now we've got Angel, who's probably not going to be very happy, but we've got to figure out what's going on. So uh, does the plants look overgrown? Does it look like the yard's been tended well, or at least it had been in the past, or is there weeds and leaves everywhere? It looks like it's got crabgrass kind of taking care of itself, not really tended. Not a lot of weeds. Not a lot of beautification bushes. They look more practical than anything else, as though something was just growing there. It suited the owners well enough so they didn't go and cut them back. Is that what you're looking for? Yeah. Yeah, I want to see if someone's been caring for this, or at least they did. You want to give us an idea who was doing the work. It's it's possible the homeowner might have been doing it. Yeah, but aren't they the homeowners? That's what I'm saying. We'll find out. Yeah. All right. We'll go in... uh, Get on out and approach the door. Any cars in the driveway or any cars in the garage that we can see? There are two cars in the driveway. One's a early 2000s Pontiac Aztec. And the other appears to be a late 90s Buick LeSabre. All righty. We'll go and uh, knock on the door. After a few moments, the door opens partially and you see a woman in her late 30s she's got her hair kind of tied back and she says may i help you uh we're looking for angel spivey uh that's that's my sister can i ask what this is about yes this i'm agent uh, adesso and this is agent kimura we're from the fbi we just have a couple questions for miss spivey look agents angel's been through hell these past few days, is this really necessary? I'm afraid it is. We we are sensitive to her situation, but unfortunately, in order to help bring closure to Amy, us, is everything all effect, right over there? You hear from somewhere behind her. Angel's got a deep voice. <laughs> What's going on? You see this barrel-chested man kind of grab the door and open it up a little wider. He stands about six foot one, bald. Just a, a meaty guy, but he's got a a bit of a stout belly, but it looks hard as hell. And he says, uh, what's going on here, Amy? Is everything all right? Who are these two men here? Sir, I'm Agent Adesso, and this is Agent Ichikimura. We're from the FBI, and we'd like to ask Miss Angel Spivey some questions. Amy, why don't you go see if your sister needs anything? He kind of steps her? out onto the onto the porch with you. He's like, I'm Joe Krista. Uh, you know, I, I, I got to tell you, right now, it's probably not a good time, agents. Well, there probably never is a good time. And unfortunately, we have a very narrow window in which to act. In order to bring closure to the rest of the families affected by this, we need to get as much information from her as we can. Time is of the essence, and we do appreciate the situation she's currently in, the tragedy that has befallen your family. But unfortunately, we really need to ask her a bunch of questions. Look, gentlemen, I, agents, I understand. I'm, I'm former law enforcement myself, and I, I understand that time is of the essence. I just, this can't wait. Unfortunately, not. It cannot wait. I understand. Just please be gentle with my wife's sister, please. 
We absolutely will be. We're, we're much appreciative of the time. As a matter of fact, is there any particular location in the house that you recommend that we interview her at to make her more comfortable? The entire house right now is just a sad place to be. I just ask that you be delicate with her. Understood. He leads you into the house and he indicates for his wife. He says, Amy, why don't you and I go in the, uh, the front room? These two agents, they need to talk with Angel. And as you both enter into the living room, you see this early 40s woman, rings around her eyes, long flowered dress, look up at you from the couch, barely keeping it together. We see Agent Rice and Agent Coldwell driving down the highway, and you guys go north out of Groversville and immediately start hitting basically Skidsville. You start seeing all the single-family homes pan away, and you just start seeing mobile homes, single-wides, double-wides, a lot of cars up on jack stands, missing wheels, chain-link fences just denoting property. And eventually you find yourselves in front of the Allen residence. Looks like we fit in driving this vehicle. That's actually a good point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't, I'd hate to bring our charger there. Jeez. So you guys find yourselves in front of the Allen residence. There is no driveway. There's just a dirt road where their double wide is on one side of the dirt road and there's another double wide on the opposite side and that's how these domiciles are structured. As Coldwell gets out of his vehicle, uh, can I make an alertness check uh, looking around to see if there's any like cameras around, uh, light uh, light posts, anything that will light up this, this area, sure. like this neighborhood? Well, I'll tell you right now that there are light posts, but they're probably every 300 feet they're up on big old wooden poles with cables just bare cables that string from one and droop to the next and then droop to the next it's very rural out here but go ahead and make your alertness that is 73 over 50 so that's a fail Yeah, you do notice the lights. You do notice that there are a few other cars. You see a lot of blinds closed around this area. But you really can't tell if maybe somebody's looking at you or not. Occasionally you hear the whelp of a dog, the cry of a kid, but that's really all. Well, Agent Rice, this place kind of reminds me of a few areas back home. Let's not try to stay past dark. How do you want to? Uh, how do you want to approach this interview with these parents? Do you want to take a more uh, aggressive approach, or or more of a uh, kind of laid back approach? Get them to open up to us. It'd probably be good for you to talk to them. I'm, if you haven't noticed, I'm uh, I'm a little more direct and forceful. Probably not great at uh, interviewing uh, parents. We could go in gentle, and if mm-hmm. you see we need better answers, then I'll let you step in and get more direct. Got <laughs> 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 to go from the pinky to the fist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the okay. shocker. Sounds good to me, Caldwell. You want to lead the way? Definitely. Uh, 
Caldwell makes his way to the door. Okay. Let me preface this by saying you open up the chain link gate. Classy. Squeaks. Start making your way up the dirt walkway, basically, up the wooden steps that lead up to this double-wide porch. And you hear from inside the domiciles some arguing back and forth, a man and a woman. I don't care, Jimmy Shane, be back. Now give me my fucking beer. You get your own damn beer, blah, blah, blah. You just hear this going back and forth. I gotta get back to work. Yeah, I ain't got time for this. Blah, blah. You see the door open up wide, and you see this lanky man, shirtless, blue jeans and boots, holes in the knees. Looks like he was on his way out of the door, and he stops when he sees the two of you on the porch. The hell you all want? Who are you? At that point, Coldwell will pretty much put a hand on his the holster of his pistol. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. He drops okay. his 40. <laughs> Going in gentle. <laughs> you know you surprised him now. <laughs> what the? You're cleaning that up. Cleaning up the dirt. <laughs> Evening, that sir. Dirt. Well, what's, what's this to... all about? Well, me and Agent... Sorry, let me introduce myself. I'm Agent Coldwell. This is Agent Rice. We're from the FBI. We actually came to see you, your wife, and your daughter. <laughs> well, you get two out of three. That ain't bad. We what ain't seen Jane in f- two days. Now, if you'll excuse me, I got some place to be. And he tries to, to push his way past you guys. He's going to All make right. an athletics check. Who's, who's he rolling against here? He's going to roll against Coldwell, Coldwell. Probably. I rolled an 89. Whoopsie. Do I have to beat that? If you fail, your fail has to be less than my fail. Okay. 44 under 55. So he tries to push his way past you, and you basically just spin him around mm-hmm. and put a very gently a forefinger under his nose, completely tilting his head back and arching his back. You see him kind of topple back into the double wide. You saw the, you saw the Jamie. I didn't see nothing. I saw you treat me like a piece, like an asshole. Uh, (laughs) Is there any way I can detain him? You could try persuade if you want. Okay. Um, so we look at um he'll look at Todd. Listen, sir. If you don't calm down and have a seat, I'm gonna have to handcuff you. And then I'll roll my persuasion. That is oh that's eighty-two for fifty. So that's fail. I don't gotta do nothing. I'm in my own house right now. I don't care if you Push me back into my own house. I'm still in my house now. I'm I'm king of this. But I'm going to choose to sit here. And listen. Right, He's eyeballing you. Rice, who's back there, already pulling his gun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to choose to sit here. Because it's, it's my house. So Rice is going to move. He's, he's going to get right up uh, to Todd Allen, close to Agent Caldwell, and say... Mr. Allen, 
your daughter is associated with Billy Ray Spivey, who's been on a multi-state crime spree. Okay. It's important that we talk to your daughter, your wife, and yourself. I'm telling you right now, FBI, we ain't seen Jane in two days. You may not have seen her in two days, but we have some questions for you and your wife. What? What? what is something happened to Jane? Where is she at? Have you? Do you? Where? Where? where I don't understand. She's in this little, small little kitchenette, just basically wringing a towel. What can? What can we do? Stop being such a dickhead, Todd. They may help us. So I, Agent Rice kind of piggybacks on what she's saying about, uh, you know, they might be able to help us. And I said, uh, Mr. Allen, listen to your wife. You know, maybe we can help here. You know, can, can you come back inside with us so we can talk to you he, and your wife? He's in the house right now. Oh, he's gone back in now? No, you pushed him back we in. like when you, Yeah, when he did the nose thing and flipped uh, him into okay. the house. So I'm going to try to persuade him just like Caldwell did, um, you know, to get him to to uh, co cooperate with us. Okay. Yeah, listen to your wife for once, like what he said. Shut up. Don't make me use that word. Four letters down. <laughs> um, I thought it was his wife, not his aunt. Oh. <laughs> uh, 40 Tennessee, right? Yeah, it's uh, 48 under 50. He immediately loses all the steam. I'm sorry, agents. I I don't try to be an asshole. It just comes natural. <laughs> wow. Uh, we ain't seen our daughter in two days. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we have some compliance from him and his wife, I'd look at Caldwell to kind of pick up the rest of the interview. All right. Ma'am, you, you said... You last seen your daughter two days ago? That's correct. What what time of the day was it? Can you tell me exactly what happened the last time you saw her? She was pretty upset. The the day before I'd taken her to the to the to the woman doctor, you know, for her checkup and she came out of the room, she looked pretty upset and uh she wouldn't talk about it. I asked her if the if she was uh carrying something and she just remained silent she wouldn't say anything uh, we we kind of have suspicions that she may be pregnant but uh I, I didn't push her but the next morning she was gone she, she left her room and all i just i i try to be a good parent i, I you know i i work double shifts at times over at the over at the country bunker and and i try to do the best i can but there's only so much i can do you know I mean, he drinks most of the beer, most of the money. He's drinking it all the time. She opens up a 40 and starts drinking one herself. He's always on it. Always on the bender. So to be clear, the last time you saw her was at home in her bedroom? Yes, we said goodnight. And I, I reassured her. I said, Jenny, you could tell me anything. I, I won't judge you like your grandparents judged me. She looks over at Todd. <laughs> I won't I won't I won't judge you, but she didn't say anything else, and that was the last must I saw. I feel like I'm a, such a horrible mom. 
Is there anything that you could tell us about her boyfriend, Mr. Spivey? He was a good boy. He was really good. Uh, Billy Ray, he's, he was a gentleman, especially for these parts. You know, he, uh, he would say, sir and ma'am and hold the door open and always offer to get me something out of the refrigerator when he would go into it. And, you know, he, we were watching movies the other night and, and everything was, was good. Well, actually it was what, two weeks ago. Shit. You wouldn't happen to know if Mr. Spivey had a history of violence by any chance? No, not that I'm aware of. He, him and his friends, they would get together and they would get a little rowdy and stuff and hang out at the reservoir with all the other teenagers and whatnot. And they, uh, they would stay out sometimes 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. Sometimes Jane would be out there with her friends. and But they always came home. They were very responsible about that nobody stayed out everybody made sure they called home if they were going to do stay at the friend's house or whatever do you recall most of uh mr spivey's friends seems like a small town it seems like most people know each other yeah there were there were a couple of friends lenny oakley uh jimmy wren and uh another boy named Mitch the Lips Atkins. Oakley? Said Lenny Oakley? That wouldn't happen to be that, uh, your sheriff's kid, is it? Yes, it would be, Agent. It would be. And as she says this, we go back over to Agent Adesso and Agent Kimura. You see Angel Spivey on the couch, tear-streaked face, looking at the two of you. I don't know what else you're hoping to glean here, agents. Well, we just have a couple questions for you, and I appreciate your time, ma'am. I really do, and I feel so bad for your family. You have the condolences of the department, but we're trying to figure out... My family, I don't even have a family anymore, agent. That's what we're here to hopefully help with, ma'am. Yes. Um, we, you know, by all accounts, we hear Billy Ray is an, a great kid. You know, this isn't something that he would do, but we've had we've had information that maybe there are some folks around here that are into drugs or something that maybe he got into, and we want to find these people. They're the ones that caused all this problem, not your son. More specifically, ma'am, the better information you give us, the more clemency and compassion and, frankly, mercy we can show and we can prevail upon the courts to show him. As you know, he's in a lot of trouble. And any explanation for his actions, anything other than malice, is going to be a big deal. It's going to help us quite a bit. You, Bottom line is we need to understand what happened and why. Agent, are you saying that Billy Ray is alive? Because I was called just this morning and told by the FBI that he was dead. I'm sorry. What agent from the FBI called and told you that? An agent, Dill, Darren, Dillinger, Derringer. What, what time did he call you? About eleven thirty this morning. He may have information that we're not privy to. That's not something that we've heard yet, um, and I'd like to confirm that, of course. So, at any rate, we still need to find out this information from you, and I appreciate your situation. 
as Odessa was saying, this is the information that we have. But we also know that Billy Ray is a good kid. Everything that we've seen on his record seems he's a good kid. The people we talk to all think he's a great kid. We want to help out, help you out with your family and Billy Ray. And, you know, we've heard things that there could be some people in this town that have maybe gotten, you know, into some of the drug trade and maybe Billy was involved with that. We know he's a good kid. We want to make sure that alive or dead, we give, you know, we, we clear his name. I don't understand this drug angle. This, you keep saying it like he was some kind of a dealer or something, you know, uh, it doesn't make any sense. Even this agent that called me said that they found PCP in his system and fought against the authorities and they, they had no choice. And he gave me his condolences and this and that. My son wouldn't even take aspirin. I don't understand. He, you know, when he came back home, he had been missing for two days, gone for two days. And then he started complaining about this, this pain that this unbearable pain and how he didn't feel well. Rich took him to the doctor the next morning. And later that day, he was, I don't even know how it, it escalated, but Rich went into his room. I heard this screaming and then I heard Rich yell out and then Billy Ray screamed. And then he ran past me, literally his arm drenched in blood up to his shoulder. And then I found Rich and that all was the things, last I had seen of him. So all these things you're telling us, ma'am, could be indicative of someone getting into drugs, him missing for two days, these fits of rage and violence. You know, we're, we're not looking to put blame on your son. We want to find the people that if by chance he was into it, we're going to get them and we're going to put them away forever. I, I just don't understand it. How could he have done this under our noses? He was a good boy. He didn't do nothing. I, I don't understand it. You know, I, I, maybe he told his friends. Maybe his friends were part of I don't understand. You know, 18-year-old boys, they, they hang around with their tight group of friends, and that becomes their lives. You maybe suspect any of his friends could have maybe been the ones into it, and that's how Billy Ray got roped into this? I, I don't know. I mean, maybe his friends knew him better than uh, than we did. On the day that he went, the day before he went missing for two days, what happened that day? He went to work at, well, he really wasn't working much anymore, but occasionally he would pump gas at Merle's auto and body. And then he came home around one and took a shower and said he had a date with Jane and that he was going over to her house to watch some movies. I said, try not to be out too late. Try to be home before midnight. And he took off, and that was the last I saw of him for two days. And what kind of car does he drive? He drives a Camaro. Does he drive any other car? <laughs> On seven fifty an hour? No, he doesn't. All right, so he, he drives his Camaro, goes out to Jane's house, and then you don't see him for two more days. And when he does come back, what happened? Well, he came back two days 
later at 8.30 at night like it was no big deal. And I, I actually got upset with him. And his father and I went out to the driveway and, and asked him where the hell he'd been. And, you know, he doesn't get to treat us like this. And he should be grateful that he has a roof over his head. And he, he said, what are you talking about? I, I just left Jane's house. And I said, how can you say that? And it just didn't make any sense. Some of the, some of the stuff that he was talking about, it just didn't make sense. Did he have his phone with him? He did. So when he left the house at about one o'clock the day before, on that day, last day, he had his phone with him. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. Did you guys try to call him um, after he didn't come home that evening? Well, we called Jane's parents and uh, after midnight, and they said he'd left at 11.30. And that just didn't make any sense because it was well after midnight when we made the call, and he should have been home. It only takes 20 minutes to get here. What did they say? Were they as surprised as you? Not really. Uh, they seemed more... Indifferent would be the best word. I don't know if you've met her parents, but they they always seem out of sorts. Uh, I, I try to tell Billy that he could do better, but you know how, how young boys are. Yeah, kids never listen to their parents, you know? I deal with that myself. Now, did you try calling his phone? After we heard back that Jane's parents hadn't seen him, and what time he'd left, we did try his phone a couple times, and it didn't even ring. It was as though the line was completely dead, like the phone might have been turned off. Okay. Now, what kind of phone is it? Did you, do, Well, here's what I really want to know. Do you have, like, that Find My iPhone feature where you could pinpoint his location by looking for his phone? <laughs> I'm sorry, Agent, but I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody in this town of Groversville that has an iPhone. Especially yeah. at seven fifty an hour, ma'am. Thank you. Agent Rice and Agent Coldwell. So, Mr. and Mrs. Allen. Call me Jamie. Jamie. So, uh, had um, I think you mentioned that uh, Billy Ray, he was here, you know, one evening watching movies with with Jane do you do you know I think you said or do you know what time he left here sometime before nine I uh, I know that his mom called after midnight looking for him so left at nine o'clock the, the mother no, sometime, called? sometime after nine I I don't remember what time it was be somewhere between nine and, and 11 somewhere in that okay. time frame I I don't know and, it was and after the two movies were over. Okay, and you mentioned uh, you mentioned that that, that uh, Billy Ray's uh, mother called. What, what was the uh, the outcome of that conversation? She was looking for Billy Ray, and uh, I said he left about forty minutes ago. That was. And she asked if I knew if if he was going to go anywhere else, and I said he didn't make any mention. You know, of course, you know we we leave the lovebirds to say their goodnights on the porch. You know, we're not, they're technically, they're adults, they're 18. But uh, after the movies were over, Todd and I went to bed and 
Jane said goodnight to Billy Ray, and that was the end of the evening. Uh, what what was uh, Billy Ray's parents? What was uh, her demeanor on the phone when she was asking for Billy Ray? Did she seem upset or? Oh, she was she was pretty upset. I know she was trying to be cordial and trying to be keep it under control, but I could tell she was tense, more pissed off than anything else. You know how mothers get, I guess. You know when they baby their boys too much. Look at what I got. I got a man baby here too. Shut up, <laughs> them. Yeah, don't you say that word. Don't you use the B word. I'll use the other word. Jamie, did did uh, Billy Ray's mom uh, often seem kind of uh, upset with Billy Ray, or or was this in character or out of character how she was speaking to you about her son? Well, she was just more upset that she hadn't heard from him, that he was, uh, he should have been along sooner. And I don't know, maybe she just likes having all the, all the hens back in the house before she turns the lights off. I, I don't know what goes on over there. I, I only meet her in passing when we're in town. That's, that's really it. We don't have them over. They certainly don't have us over. Okay. And, and then, um, and he didn't mention to you that he was going anyplace else after he left here? Well, when we said goodnight to them, when they were still on the couch, we just went into our bedroom and then they, we heard the front door open and, and close, but they didn't say, he didn't say anything else to us at all. And how long have they been seeing each other? Oh, maybe, maybe a year and a few months. Uh, I, you mentioned that you took her to the uh, doctor, the OBGYN. That's correct. Yes. Um, could could you? Uh, and why did you end up taking her there? Was it a normal visit, or was something else going she on? She said she wasn't feeling well, and uh, she actually brought it up. Said that she wanted to go see Doctor Oba Chrisith, um, who's my doctor too. You know, it's a strange thing. He always comments me on my well-shaved anyways um <laughs> well so much like your mother <laughs> he's a family doctor oh interesting um is, is he the only doctor in town well i'm sure there's other doctors that are in the network somewhere on the map so you your husband and your daughter all see uh, dr krista no dr krisseth is is the OBGYN. Oh, of Groversville. Okay. Okay. Dr. Patel is the general practitioner for the for Groversville. Was Jane complaining about any pain that she was having? She wasn't complaining, but she did look uncomfortable. And between you and me, it did look like she was uh, starting to put on a little little weight. Mm. Ma'am, you mentioned that, that uh, you suspected she may have been pregnant. I was keeping my fingers crossed that she wasn't, but I think that the direction that she was angling towards might have led to that. So we have yet to, well, I don't know if we will hear back because Jane's a, an adult, so she's responsible for her own doctor-patient confidentiality. No, I, I understand, ma'am. I'm, I'm just, I'm concerned about your, your daughter's well-being and that she's been missing for two days, so... The, you know this information you're providing is important to us to understand and retrace her steps and maybe identify where she's gone 
uh, once she left home. Uh, is there a particular place that uh, her, that she goes when she's upset? You know, maybe a friend besides Billy Ray that, that she could confide in or maybe some uh, other local friends that she talks to? Well, most of the friends uh, would go and hang out at the reservoir. Oh, the reservoir. Would, uh, where, where's this reservoir located? It's about three miles outside of town. The kids like to go out there in the summertime and swim in the reservoir and you know, all year long, they go and hang out on the on the bank and whatnot and party it up. We did it when we were youngsters, too. So, Does Jamie have a, a vehicle of her own, or does she borrow one of your guys's? Usually, somebody would, would pick her up. I would assume Billy Ray would come by and pick her up? Since they've been going out, yeah, Billy Ray would come by, pick her up, and, and take her. He's a gentleman, though. Todd, how do you feel about finding out your daughter might be pregnant? You've been awfully quiet. You told me to be quiet, Agent. Mm, Surprise, it's stuck. <laughs> you think you're so tough with that gun on your hip. You don't know nothing. But I'm going to sit here because I... Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm upset that Jane's missing. She's, she was the light of my life. If I thought for a moment that that Billy Ray had done something to my daughter. Calm down, sir. Yes, sir. Heading back to Agent Adesso and Agent Kimura. Earlier, ma'am, you said that he called and then you called his phone, went directly. But when he did come back, you guys took him to the doctor. Which doctor did you take him to? He came back two days later, went to bed and complaining of this pain. And then the next morning we took him to Dr. Patel. Okay, so when he came home, he was complaining of pain. Yes. Did he say where the pain was located? He was saying it was all over his body, his arms, his legs, his chest, his abdomen. Did he eat anything when he got home? (laughs) Yes, he did. In fact, he ate my leftovers. He ate Rich's leftovers. He started microwaving everything that was in the refrigerator, acting like he couldn't. Rich finally had to tell him to go to bed. It was it was getting out of control. Gotcha. Other than the excessive eating, was there anything else? And his complaints of pain, did you notice anything else about him? He just, uh, he, he seemed like he was missing something. Like, uh, like his mind wasn't all there. Like he couldn't remember certain things. Did he remember not being around for two days? He didn't have any recollection of being gone for those two days. He he seemed to think that there was no gap. And then when Rich and I were telling him that he had been gone for two days, it really troubled him. He couldn't put the pieces together. You guys check his car. No, we I'm sorry to say, Agent, we didn't. Is what about his room? Here? Well, his room is still the way he left it. Unfortunately, I don't recommend anybody going in there. That's where his father... He's out of character for a minute. Does the FBI have this guy's car? Spidey's yes. car? Yes. They do? Okay. Mm-hmm. It's in the so I don't account. need to ask them about it. Yeah. All right, so they well, didn't he, check his car. Still, still out of character, you had asked him. Somebody had asked him what the you know if there was fast food wrappers in his car. Remember, there was like yeah, a lot of fast food and empty 
uh, aspirin bottles. So that's right, aspirin bottles, fast food. He's been eating. Okay. Yeah. All right. So they took him to seeing Doctor Patel, um, back in character. Man, when you when you took him to Doctor Patel, what did he? What did the doctor say? He seemed to think it might have been some kind of a like a bug or something. Made him feel achy, like a flu, possibly. He gave him some antibiotics and told him to give him a call in a couple of days if it didn't get any better. Honestly, uh, I don't I don't think he knew what he was doing. Are the antibiotics here? Mm-hmm. Okay. We'd like to see those, of course. And take a real quick cursory view of his room. Sure thing, Agent. You know, I'll let you check those out next session. No, Damn. I'm going now. I run You're up the stairs. You're going nowhere. Oh, you're going nowhere. <laughs> Do you recall most of uh, Mr. Spivey's friends? Seems like a small town. It seems like most people know each other. Yeah, there were there were a couple of friends. I have to look them up. <laughs> is, this, is this the yellow pages or? Uh, uh, <laughs> hang on a second. I think they're in the, the, the telephone the pages. <laughs> the Merle pages. <laughs> the Merle pages. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us once again on World of Hard 20 Podcast. Remember, you can find us and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Podcasts, and Audible. And if you like what you're listening to, leave us that five-star rating and review. We have also have a YouTube channel at World of Hard 20, so if you're into watching, head on over and hit that subscribe bell. We can also be found in the wild on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, so don't forget to look for us there and check us out. You can also contact the show directly at RollTheHard20Podcast at gmail.com or head on over to the website at RollTheHard20Podcast.com where you can download the current show directly, pick and choose past shows from our archives, or view our galleries. We've got a lot of stuff posted there, so check us out. And finally... Join us on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash roll20podcast where you can become a hard slinger and pick up swag. So until next session, keep your dice warm and your glass topped off as you roll those hard 20s.